0: All right. Now, Welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, we're joined in the podcast studio by Janice Garcia. Janice, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Derek. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. So I want to make sure people tuning in know who you are and your background. So let's go over your bio. If I'm off with anything, feel free to jump in and correct me. Sounds good. All right. So you graduated from New Mexico State University with a degree in government with an emphasis in law and society. That's correct. All right. We have uh, four years as a student supervisor for University Hospitality Services. We have three years of, at Texas Roadhouse with, uh, as a local sales marketer and catering lead. That's correct. And you, you were a store manager at a retail boutique store where you, where you had some experience marketing, branding, and with social media. Mm-hmm. Then you were, uh, you have four years of retail operations manager in, a, in one of the largest hospitality organizations in the world. Where where you do everything from fine dining to dining to facilities maintenance correct and then you have two years experience with your own business with the, the the Garcia catering company where you you help cater weddings youth banquets nonprofit events and graduation parties that's correct on top of all that I've already mentioned <laughs> you also have 11 years of experience with the singing in your local church with the worship team
1: that's also correct
0: all right you're a person of many talents and I'm grateful for your time on the show. <laughs> So I do want to know, um, when did you first know you wanted to be involved with catering?
1: So in college, I started attending a small group um, with a local church there, which I eventually became a part of. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the students who uh, was also a member, his name is Nathan Martinez, and he was uh Receiving a degree in hotel, restaurant, and tourism management. Mm -hmm. Um, At that time, my degree was already, you know, my degree schedule was government. I was going to be a lawyer. I had Mm. all of these plans. Um, But I had been in food since I was 14, you know, and Mm here I was 19. I just really loved, uh, I just really love hospitality in general. Mm. And as he shared, you know, what his degree was, I was, I was dumbfounded that that was even something that I could um, receive a degree in. So I did change my degree plan to hotel, restaurant, tourism management. But mm-hmm. due to uh, my father being sick, you know, I wasn't able to complete a um, one of the one of the requirements mm-hmm. for that specific degree plan. So I changed it back to government and ended up minoring. I
0: see. And it, when you shared the story, it reminds me of because um, sometimes i know for me you don't know what you want to do but then you hear somebody else that they're they're doing it or they're trying to do it and it gives you some motivation some inspiration to try something out you know and i think when you heard about the nathan's degree plan and you're like well and you're wait you could actually do that you know you could actually mm-hmm. do that as your profession and it caught your attention i think that's a, it's a powerful pe- uh, people principle again for people tuning in to hear that and sometimes it's somebody else is living your dream i know right uh, one of my buddies who tunes into to me you know I, as as we podcast he's he's tuning in to me and he's telling me he wants to do it but just he see, he, he was telling me I'm the only person in his circle that does it so he was oh, over wow. here looking at the studio and looking at everything but sometimes it takes somebody else you know um doing what you want to do for us to be able to get that uh, that vision that's right um so uh when was the the first time you uh you catered an event
1: the first time I catered an event, I was 14 and I was working for a local barbecue place in my um uh, in my small town of mm-hmm. Moriarty, New Mexico. And it was uh, just a business, you know, just a business lunch. Um mm-hmm. and I got to go with the owner. You know, she took me and I thought it was just the coolest thing mm-hmm. uh being able to to serve our food in a, you know, on an off-site location, you know, an experience. You had 50 to 60 people. I mean, it was a smaller catering. So 50 mm-hmm. to 60 people that we were we were serving all at one time.
0: Mm. So this is a, is a is a barbecue restaurant? Correct. What was the name of it?
1: Shorty's Barbecue.
0: Shorty's Barbecue. Yeah. So Sh- Shorty's Barbecue gave you a taste of catering. But even at that point, the vision wasn't complete that, hey, this is something I want to do. It still took you later when you were in college to figure out, you know, what this is something I actually want to be involved with. Correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I do want to circle back to something you said about um in the the dream switch, and I think that's relevant for people, right? Because mm. um, you talked about you briefly mentioned this vision for being an attorney, right? Yes. And then you were catching this different vision. So what? I know you you mentioned some of it, but I'm I'm curious. It was what was happening there? Like for somebody to give up on one dream, that's a big deal, right? But like, what moved? Um, I guess what cha- what changed. For you to go all right it's time for me to switch my dream
1: yeah i think being able to experience high profile catering at the university level Mm. you know during um during the month of october which you know there's homecoming that uh during Mm -hmm. that time as well as uh, what we call the tough enough to wear pink week and The, the banquets that are catered, the attendees in the skybox for, you know, these big games, these big Mm -hmm. home games, um, along with just the, the attention to detail and the, and the, the decoration even just at the cafe level and, and the involvement in the campus as a whole just really pushed me to see like, wow, my dream, my dream really is to put on these, um, large food service events that, that bring not just not only joy to people but they have a certain level of stress associated with Mm -hmm. them like really everything that you're doing right now this is this is ride or die you know you're not you're not doing surgery but i mean it could be the difference between your career or your contract you know now or now or later
0: right so So there's a certain kind of stress that you like associated with it yes because sometimes when i hear about what you're doing like the idea of feeding you know, four people, to me, is stressful, right? <laughs> right? But then you're doing some of these events that it's not just four, not just 40, not even just 400. And I know we'll, we'll circle back to the the largest event you've done, but there is there's there is some stress associated with that. Absolutely. And But it's kind of interesting, right? Like in, in my world, in the motivational speaking world, I'm in front of people, a whole lot of people look at that and go, oh, that seems stressful and people get worried about it. But it's interesting because based on your calling and that dream or that vision or even that gift set, you could look at somebody else's and go, whoa, like, I would never, ever, ever want to do what you do. Right. Right. But there's plenty of people that tell me, man, I would never, ever, ever want to do what I do either. Right. Um, but there's something powerful about that. Um, and I, I like how you mentioned um, how much you love the idea of bringing people together. I think that's part of mm-hmm. your personal brand. Like, And when I know you as a friend. As a friend, you're somebody who loves having people in your home, right? Absolutely. And uh, but I, I love seeing how that ca- it, it's not just you at work, but it's you using that um in your personal life as well. Again, I know we'll, we'll, we'll circle back on that one, but I wanted to make sure people knew that it's one of your greatest, I think, gifts that you contribute to the people around you. And Fantastic. it's something I really appreciate about you.
1: Appreciate that.
0: So let's talk about um what's the biggest event you've ever catered?
1: So the largest event I've ever catered was 1,600 uh, people. We fed the entire building. Mm-hmm. Um, but the largest high-profile event that I've ever catered was 1,000 people. Um, and it was actually the um, my current client. It was their holiday party last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, the level of fine dining, exp- uh, expectation, number of stations, you know, um, not just food on the food service side, but also, you know, um, the beverage side as well. So mm-hmm. six or seven, bar- you know, I think it was seven bars, wow. you know, eight different food stations, mm-hmm. you know, on top of that, um, everything needed to be bussed. You know, everything was bussed. Uh, I had to order in all of the china, the um, the liquor, the glassware, everything mm-hmm. had to be um, ordered in on top of having to create a, a, a floor plan wow. to execute, you know, this um event that our day-to-day customers Mm -hmm. you know they look forward to the most Mm
0: -hmm. wow i i think i get stressed just listening to everything that goes into (laughs) it right because like for me in my perfect world it's like all right people somebody puts up together an event you know they figure out the chairs the seating the audio the everything and i just show up and speak right but like what you do it's to me it's such a powerful thing because you're working with so many people i think your gift of of leadership is also at work because it, it it's literally impossible for you to do by yourself right correct so there's so many people you're influencing to help get the job done um which is crazy now do you ever ask yourself like am, am i crazy for even doing this right here right now for a thousand people
1: absolutely especially when you're working like 30 hours of overtime you know continuing Oof. to maintain your 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 social life your your spiritual life you know mm. and and even your private life being being married you know making sure that I'm still you know taking care of my home mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's really like am I am I doing the right thing like should I be should I be doing something else mm-hmm. and then once the event is you know in full swing and and you see the success like driven behind you know, this this two hour event that took months to plan yes you know and and hours to execute being able to see um the joy of mm-hmm. your customers just it it makes it worth it that's what yes. makes it worth it or or you know receiving personal emails from you know, the the event planners that we work directly with and just their, mm-hmm. their praise of our execution as a yes. team, as a whole, it makes it worth it as a words of affirmation person. Mm-hmm. So
0: I love it now. And and after the event, that's probably the best feeling in the world. It's done.
1: Yes, it's done. Actually, to be honest with you, my the best feeling is during the event. I don't like the cleanup.
0: Okay, all right, right. I part don't, of the role too,
1: right. So making sure everything is um, picked up again. Because for me, you know, most people prefer the cleanup because it really is the easier side of the job. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all my energy has been released or util- used in uh, in the planning, in the setup, you mm-hmm. know, in the follow up. But yes. to but to bring it to a close, I'm like, I am, I'm yes. done. I got to do it. It's a long time to make it happen. Yes, absolutely. Right. I think it was an 18 hour day that
0: Woo. day. So wow, yes. wow, wow. Again, appreciate what you do. And I'm glad I don't have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and every time there's, there, there's like something to plan, I'm like, hey, somebody else has to be around me. that can do this. You know, <laughs> I, I just it's just it's not um, an, an area of gift. Um, but I'm again, glad people like you are, are here to do it. I know you, you touched on this already. Let me ask you.
1: Sure.
0: What was uh, what's the most rewarding part? If it's something you mentioned already, or is there uh, a nuance to it? The most rewarding part for you doing this, like this catering, hospitality, bringing people—what's what, what's the most meaningful part for you?
1: It's the relationships that are built, um, mixed with the trust, you know that. It- as I work with um, a very specific client, you know, day to day, you know, and being able to to maintain transparency and trust of even if an event doesn't go or it doesn't go exactly how we planned it to go, you know, and there are definitely opportunities that arise in every in every situation. Mm-hmm. But being able to go to my client, you know, to be to be able to go to my client and say, hey, this is this is what happened. This is how we we fixed it, or this is you know the end result, you know, and and knowing that the transparency. There in my in my day to day life, you know, really builds for trust, you know, in other in other situations or in uh, other opportunities mm-hmm. as we as we grow.
0: Yes, yes, I love that. I think about the the relationships, and even what you, you said when it's done with excellence, trust is built. And I know, you know, from building business, like trust and likability are huge pieces of somebody willing to do business with me if there's not trust why why for any reason would they give me a microphone or would they give me an opportunity to coach them individually or would they trust me to or would they empower me to influence their team or their sales leaders or you know whoever it is um but trust is so huge but you only get trust by being consistently effective absolutely right right so um that's awesome i I love hearing that, that the most rewarding part for you is the relationships um how do you use the gift of catering and a event planning in your personal life?
1: My husband and I work together to help create a, a menus or or just um, event events for some of our friends that mm-hmm. may or even acquaintances like through our local church that, you know, everyone has a budget, you know. We all want to be wise with the money that we have, you know, mm-hmm. and un- and unfortunately, in the in the wedding world is specifically, or are just in, you know, some of these um, youth events, food can be the most expensive right. aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually like food and photography are the are your top two, right? And so as as we've grown, you know, as we've built relationships with people, and and I've been able to to share you know, my, my gifts, it's really Mm -hmm. about, you know, how can we create a menu that's going to meet your budget, meet your expectations. And uh, on top of that, make sure that it's beneficial on both sides. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's still some level of profitability there, but without, um, gouging prices, you know, there shouldn't be like food shouldn't be so expensive Mm -hmm. that you know it makes or breaks whether or not someone can have a really nice wedding Mm -hmm. um or even you know if if students can have a great a great prom Mm -hmm. you know and one of the youth events that we had the the um privilege of catering this year was was the prom for our our local church the church that we're members Mm -hmm. of and we really loved, um, being able to serve our teens, you know, both, um, the upperclassmen and the lowerclassmen. And, mm-hmm. uh, for us, the excitement of, of delving into having two separate menus at two separate price points, mm-hmm. you know, and, but giving them an, a, a fi- some level of fine dining experience on the, um, on the upperclassmen side, you know, mm-hmm. when these, these students may have never experienced something like that or they're not sure you know what to expect
0: right i i love that i love um i like that you hit the point where it's not just it's not about providing free service and again free is there's there's a there's a great time for free um but there's a there's also so much of your energy and like the gift that you have cultivated over the years it's valuable in the marketplace and um and uh, but but making sure you're compensated and taken care of, but then also being a source for providing the service at a reasonable, you know, a right. reasonable rate, uh, where everybody can win. Yes. Um. Now tell me about some of the, the creative ways that you've used this, um, used this gift. Right. So uh, you talked about right banquets, weddings. Um. How have you used creativity with this gift?
1: Well, one of my favorite events that my husband and I put on in our home is our annual New Year's party. Mm-hmm. And so we started this uh, probably the the New Year's after we got married. So we hadn't even been married a full a full year yet. And we decided we were going to have this giant sleepover with all of our married friends, you mm-hmm. know, and um, no, no children allowed. At that time, none of our friends had children. So we didn't have to mm-hmm. worry about mm-hmm. that. Um but just being able to bring people into our home, uh, make great food, have great conversation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, put into practice, you know, often I know it can be really stressful just trying to plan um you know if you just have like a family one family member coming over like okay is this room done is that room done you know and god has blessed us with with a beautiful home and Mm -hmm. so it's like you know are all of these bedrooms ready like is there a place to sleep for everybody who's going to come over how do we decide who sleeps where you know Right, right um and even leading into okay what what's our goal for the following morning you know they say there's a you know there's a superstition or, or whatever that says like however you spend new year's day is how you're going to spend your year mm. you know and so for for me even know i'm not a sur- superstitious person yeah. like i want to start the year off right and that's mm making sure that we we maintain those relationships so we always have breakfast and mm-hmm. i'm always grateful for our friends who are like hey what can we bring you mm-hmm. know and and being able to create the menu and say hey can you bring five pounds of potatoes hey can you bring you know four dozen eggs or, or whatever it is so that we don't under plan or over plan or over purchase or right. or under purchase and and being able to help even with uh just being a you know we were a part of we were small group leaders in our young professionals ministry for a little while and being able to help with uh executing, you know, hey, we've got the Thanksgiving banquet or we have the Halloween and what do what do we need? Like mm-hmm. what do we actually need versus, you know, what do people you know, what do people think they should bring? Mm-hmm. You know, if you put, if you just say, can you bring chips and it's 400 people and people bring two bags, right. two bags Uh-oh. of chips, that's not, that's not going to encourage anybody, right, you right. know, and, um, it's not about what's brought. It's about the heart behind mm-hmm. it. And so making sure that there's an understanding, hey, we're asking for, 18 bags of mm-hmm. of chips, you know, at the two dollar price point divided by you know everybody in your group, you know, really it's only three dollars per person. And, mm-hmm. and and taking into account, you know, group sizes, along with um, even knowing like some financial background of people, like, okay, this group, you know, they can afford a little bit more, so mm-hmm. we're going to, you know, allocate this more expensive sure. item here, or this group you know, they can't, you know, they're not big enough to support something large. So we're going to to put, you know, this more affordable item mm-hmm. in their ballpark.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. So what, what, what themes have you used um, for some of these events?
1: So our second favorite event is every fall mm-hmm. from the Saturday after Labor Day until Halloween, my husband and I host a Harry Potter event uh, Marathon. Okay, and so we watch one movie every Saturday uh, from you know until Halloween. So there's exactly eight Saturdays between.
0: Wow, this is planned <laughs> and, uh,
1: Yes, and so it's actually a tradition that I started um, six years ago. So before we were before we were married, and I would just watch them by myself. It was just like my thing, <laughs> my right. own personal thing. And then my husband was actually the one who was like, you know, we should like invite people and decorate. And I am. A huge Harry Potter fan, mm. um for many reasons, primarily like the political undertones of the of the series. <laughs> but we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, that's um, a Harry
0: Potter podcast. <laughs> oh yes,
1: absolutely. I'm all about that. But um, you know, for us, it was really like, okay, who can we invite and mm-hmm. what can we do? And so it started off, you know, kind of small and it's just grown into this like, hey, on the first movie we do, you know, we have the keys, you know, with the wings up, you know, we have the that and we put the portraits um You know, we put the portraits from Hogwarts up at the second, Mm -hmm. the second movie, we put the spider up in the third movie. We do the feet from the Marauders map and we're just constantly adding or Mm -hmm. changing. And, um, you know, in the Mm -hmm. fourth movie, everything comes down and we put Christmas everything for the Yule ball and... (laughs) In the fifth movie, all of that comes down and we put up all of the proclamations from Umbridge, which if you're if you're listening and you know Harry Potter, you're probably like, yes, this is awesome. Um, We make quibblers and we make I mean, we do all of these things on top of that. Our our food is themed mm. so you know our fir- the first time we had um the one of the first major was we did um, harry potter's birthday cake which is a big deal in the first movie oh. um, we didn't do that this year we were kind of crunched for time but uh we had somebody bring it one year, and it was it was beautiful like mm. it was so cool uh, <laughs> i make this thing called fluffy chow which is this pup uh puppy chow you know we rename it mm. um in the second movie we make pumpkin juice which you know, it's a it's a pretty big deal. in the second movie that we make, Butterbeer, in the third one, Dang, um, so everything is you know everything is is molded and moved. We do You're like using all your you know, superpowers. Bucks. In one yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. So the whole month, you know, and we put out our catering dish, and it's not just you know food on the table. It is a feast. You know, we mm-hmm. want really because Hogwarts is about their feast. You know, that's mm-hmm. the Great Hall, and and really making sure that hey did we not only are we doing this excellently but are we making sure that we're inclusive is this an event that we feel comfortable not just v- inviting you know members of our local church but our our other friends as well and yes. um being able to have you know so many people in our home who who enjoy a fandom and build new relationships or or mm. continuing other ones like there's um you know Rachel Rachel Adams we call each other fall friends because we literally only hang out during <laughs> the <laughs> harry potter season <laughs> That's hilarious. But I we but there's a, there's a bond there you know and and what's great is that we not only have Jesus in common but we also have you know a fandom or a hobby interest and mm-hmm. you did, it's it's just really cool it's really cool yeah. to see people be excited and and encouraged as they come in and especially super super fan nerds and they're like oh my gosh I can't believe you have this or <laughs> I can't believe you have that and um you know even having like a sticker on the on the toilet this is this way to the ministry of magic because that's how you get to the Ministry of magic you're supposed to flush yourself down the toilet like i mean uh, it is it is intense and it is thoroughly thoroughly planned
0: i am now more harry potter educated <laughs>
1: yes. sorry there, i didn't mean to turn it into the <laughs> harry potter <laughs> podcast
0: well good um let's switch gears um, i'm glad you're you're glad you use it in such a powerful way it's a, it's that's awesome but let's switch gears um What has been the most surprising twist for an event that you have planned or attended?
1: So last April, um, I was attending my sister's wedding. She uh, was her matron of honor. And um, unfortunately, at the last minute, their uh, minister wasn't able to perform the ceremony. Uh Uh-oh. And... My sister was like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do. Can you do it?" And I was, this, I mean, this, this is, is an, hour, this an hour, an hour before hour, her ceremony. Before oh my I. I am just. I literally had to isolate myself at this country club where you, there really wasn't a place to be isolated. And in the back of her guest book, I'm writing this, this lesson that I was like, "Okay, I've been to." Lots of weddings. I've had my own <laughs> wedding. You know, what are some of the things that I should be writing? You know, what's important <laughs> about love? Uh, yes. you know, what's the, what's the chronology of, of everything? And, mm. you know, I'm just going to keep it short. You know, my sister, she's, she's not high maintenance at all. She was just grateful for, it, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, um, it was, it was interesting to, um, uh, not only, like, walk down, because she still wanted me to walk down the aisle, like, and then go stand in front and <laughs> then, like,
0: resume these so duties. You, so, so, <laughs> so you didn't get relieved of one role and get put into another one. You were still, you were as a dual role.
1: Yes. I had also flown in that morning. Wow. So it was, it was very exciting and, and intense. <laughs> um, but what's cool, you know, what's cool is, you know, now where somebody may have just had, some some notes you know that they that they had that they knew the couple well like it was my sister mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. i would have never thought like okay i'm gonna officiate your <laughs> your wedding you know sure um and in the state of new mexico like you know they had to have somebody else like sign sign off but mm-hmm. i mean just it doesn't matter who does like the actual ceremony just right. you know, whatever. So I was the officiant and I signed the and I was the witness on the certificate. So I'm like it's almost like a little juicy
0: <laughs> What uh what I like about it is now you can put that on your resume. So right? it's, like,
1: it's
0: like event planner, um, cater. then you have your education, and then you got a wedding officiant. Yeah. You know? So I've been there, done that, put it on the speaking portfolio. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, I think that's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, switch gears again um, with your degree in government, which is kind of fascinating, right? And if it, it fit more when you're describing like the attorney, you know, vision and pathway, but then with your degree in government, do you have present dreams for a government role or a public office or anything like that?
1: I do actually. One of one of my dreams is to um, run for school board one day and um my hopes is, you know, as my as my husband and I hopefully grow grow our family in the future, whether it's through adoption or other means, mm-hmm. I would love to be a part of an active part of their education. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously that would start with PTA, you know, but and then eventually run for school board. But I already know that the changes that you know that I could hopefully make on school board it's not going to take it's not going to take event effect for them usually it's going to take effect for the generation coming after them mm-hmm. and but unless you you're ingrained in it that you've experienced it you know on the, on the public and public education you know you can't really speak intelligibly and i i feel like school board um because of the struggles that teachers have either with classroom management and size or even just the funds to be able to provide supplies you know that a lot, most teachers if not all teachers have to pay out of pocket to to provide supplies for their their classrooms mm-hmm. um and sometimes it's everything from the theme of their classroom to you know when they return in january and supplies is already running low mm-hmm. you know having to replenish it at you know during an off-peak season for in, in the retail side mm-hmm. which you know instead of being able to buy paper for 15 cents you know now they're paying You know, a dollar twenty-five, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but there's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, including you know expo markers and all of those things that should just be a part of what's given to them Mm -hmm. in in their job. And they already do enough. They already work so hard Mm -hmm. and give more of their time than they should. They shouldn't have to also give more of their money. Mm -hmm. Um, especially in Texas with the amount of property tax we pay.
0: (laughs) Mm, Okay. (laughs) All right, that's next level thinking. So you're thinking about, hey, what are the needs of the teachers? Uh, wh- where's, where's the, uh, um, how are they taken care of? You're thinking mm-hmm. about being an advocate for them and making sure that their, uh, their role is not more burden, um, more more burdensome than it has to be. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I see your dreams coming. I, I can see that happening. <laughs> um, so let's switch gears again. Uh, who would you say is the, who is the biggest influence in your journey to get into uh, catering on your own
1: so entrepreneurially i would definitely say my mom Mm -hmm. Um, my dad as well um, but my dad always wanted to own a business he would tell me even in college like hey i need you to apply for a small business loan so we could do x y and z and i was like you're
0: crazy like
1: (laughs) (laughs) dad i'm not doing that you know Uh and not thinking about it, I'm like, I should have just appeased him. Like, who knows? Like we could have like this big, beautiful company, <laughs> you know, doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but my mom, I've seen I've seen my mom struggle and endure and fight and grow from from being a a teenage mother, you know, at, at seventeen, eighteen, um, not being able to graduate school to having her master's degree, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, obtaining that literally the same weekend that I graduated from from college, you know, wow. with my bachelor's mm-hmm. and then now seeing her grow to be one of the leading experts in, in safety, um, and in OSHA regulations in the, in the nation mm-hmm. for artillery ranges. And wow. I mean, this woman travels the country and she does trainings for CEOs, CFOs, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, even, you know, local police departments. And, and she not only does, she also has clients on top of that, you know, mm-hmm. working for the business that she does. And she just genuinely cares about the success of her clients. And, and she's dedicated to what, what she does. And she's driven and she does so much more than your average person, sure. you know, and, and for me, my work ethic, um, definitely comes from both her and my, and my dad and my, and my dreams of, of continuing to grow, whether it's in my own business or, or continuing to, um be promoted you know internally with the company that i'm currently with mm-hmm. you know it all comes down to to work ethic and, and the mm-hmm. importance of it and you can have all the education in the world and not have the work ethic and i see my yes. mom you know in her own way like she has both her life and her doctorate you know mm-hmm. like in in a prof- like at the professional level mm-hmm. and i i would not be where i am without her example
0: Right, and I love how you how you captured that. I mean, there's one thing to have expertise, but then there's and, and then to be lazy. But there's another thing to work hard, but then not have expertise. But you're talking about somebody who has who has both. You know, she's she's hustled. She has the education down, but then she's getting the experience down, and she's working really hard. And to have somebody like that, it's always it's always a powerful thing to have somebody like that give you the example to follow. Is it's such a powerful thing? It's awesome. I love hearing about your mom.
1: Yeah, my mom's awesome.
0: All right, now. I want to hear about, to, to bring it in for a landing, I want to hear about um, the favorite quality about your husband, Juan, and I want to hear about uh, your, I want to hear about Betsy as well. So maybe we'll start with Juan, then we'll go to Betsy.
1: Okay, sounds good. Um, my favorite color, uh, quality about my husband is his attention to detail, mm-hmm. mid mixed with his memory so Mm. when he was pursuing me and i would give him a detail about me he would say i'm gonna put this in my rolodex Mm. and i just thought that was so funny i always thought that was so funny um and me sometimes being a literal person like i literally thought that he was writing stuff down and like putting it in a rolodex (laughs) like (laughs) i'm gonna classify this no he just has the memory of i don't even know of an elephant or something Mm. you know i don't know like this man he he rem- but he doesn't just remember everything he remembers the important things mm-hmm. sometimes the day to day things are not you know as important to him to remember but he remembers um the details like in the things that i always thought were were quirky about me or were not valuable mm-hmm. um or even just preferences like for example like we went to um we went to a wholesale company one mm-hmm. time and they have uh they had a vehicle there Mm -hmm. And that specific vehicle was uh, when I looked at it and I had some, you know, it was like cool, had like an eco boot, had the eco boost and all of this stuff. And um, I was like, what? I can have a mommy mobile and a race car, you know, and I I said that. And, um, you know, that was right after we got married. And then two years later, not even two years, a year and a half later, he traded in his truck so that I could have my dream my mm. my at that time what was you know my dream car and mm-hmm. being able to um see that he remembered like just that one comment that one time you know and he was like yeah i've been looking for it ever since for the mm-hmm. last 18 months like i've been looking for an opportunity for for us to you know make that dream come to fruition nice. so it's just oh, a small you know it's a it's a big deal to me but it's a smaller mm-hmm. small level
0: Yes, I, I like it, I like it, I like it. Okay, all right, now what about Betsy? Who's, who is Betsy?
1: So Betsy was my cow.
0: <laughs> Betsy was your cow.
1: Yes, Um was our family cow. Uh, we got her as a calf when I was very little. I, I probably was six or seven, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even younger. And she, we, so I grew up in a rural community, a uh, small town. You know, we always had land. Um, like a
0: farm or a, a rural. What is that? Rural,
1: mean? Uh, agrarian, agrarian. So, um, we two stoplights, dirt road, oh. um, several farms. You know, the we had like a festival celebrating our crop. It's called the Pinto Bean Fiesta. Like, <laughs> I mean, that was the crop nice. that you know my area was um, most well known for, along with corn and pumpkins. Mm. So, mm. for for me, uh, my dad and my mom, because we didn't have a lot of money, they chose to invest, you know, ways for us to have good food. Mm-hmm. And we had chickens and we had goats and all, of, and horses and, um, mm-hmm. all of these, all of these animals, you know, really so that we could have a sustainable, a, a sustainable lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so Betsy, we acquired Betsy. Um, uh, she's so cute. She was a red, um, she was a red Angus. Um, a cow, and she actually gave us a calf every year without fail. Wow! Um, so whether we sold the calf at auction it, because it was a female, um, to purchase a a steer, which, mm-hmm. which, um, for those of you who don't know, that's usually the animal. You know, that's usually the beef that you eat. Um, the steer. you don't. Yes, you eat the steer. Uh, mm. it's a castrated male. Got um, that is A castrated male cow. Mm-hmm. But it's not a cow a cow is a female cow but anyways, that's a whole okay, other you know this it. is not a
0: I'm, yeah I'm getting po- Harry sorry. Potter yes, I'm getting sorry, education sorry I
1: apologize <laughs> <laughs> so um so steers what you usually eat you know and well, my dad you know he would we would raise it and um, we actually weren't allowed to name them anything oh. other than um a type of food that they might give us so we usually had t-bone. <laughs> T-bone was like the favorite name. Uh, I think we had one ribeye, but usually T-bone was the name of our steer because my dad really, um, number one, he taught us how to how to feed them. So we got to bottle feed these these calves um, mm-hmm. and raise them. And he really, you know, my parents really taught us like, hey, you know, we raise this animal and then we have it butchered. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we live off of the animal for the year, yes. you know, and so Betsy, she had never failed, man. Every wow. year we we had a, Every year we had a calf. So Betsy coming through in the Betsy clutch. coming through. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So I that love Betsy. Awesome. She was so uh, she was so um, peaceful, and you know anybody could pet her. Wow, um, it was she was great. I mean, you would have thought she was like just a dog or something. I mean, she was
0: so <laughs> chill. But <laughs> funny is uh, I feel like you know, I've known you for years. I've I, I I've not heard about Betsy. So it's the first time, I've been finding about Betsy. So good to know. Good to know. Well, good. Um, Thank you for joining the podcast. I had a good time, you know, uh, sharing your story. That's what I'm, I'm passionate about, um, hearing somebody's story and then highlighting principles for my people. But I think, um, your story is certainly an, an, an inspiration. I think the way you use your gifts and the way you're even blossoming in your role, um, at work, but then you're, you're using your gift in the community. So I think a lot of people are influenced by you. And that's who I, t- I target, right? It's people who are influencers in, in the community and people who are business leaders. And you happen to be both. So I'm grateful for you joining the show. If you're tuning in, one thing you can do to help us out is you can like the podcast, you can rate it well, leave a comment, share it, and don't forget to subscribe. It's The Strong Life Coach where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Thank you.